Well, this past semester, my sixth grader, Coben, uh, started playing hide and go seek with me before he goes to bed. He, he thought that would be a, a fun way to, to, to finish out our, our, our days, to play hide and go seek. And so he would go to like their side of the house where, where my boys' rooms and their bathroom are and turn out all the lights and uh, have me come and look for him before bedtime. And so it, it, it's dark, it's night, uh, there, there's, there's no lights on. And so I'm kind of feeling around because I can't see. I, I, don't, I don't know where he's at. And he's gotten really, really good at playing hide and go seek in his 12 years, I guess, of life. And so I'm feeling around in the darkness. I, I, I can't find him. And a lot of times I've, I've had to give up because he's just that good. I, I can't see. I, I don't know what's going on. I, I'm not sure where he is. And he's gotten so good that sometimes he'll, he'll startle me. He'll, he'll scare me. Like, like one time uh, he, he had crouched down in a corner in his football pads with his helmet on, making it look like that his his helmet was on top of his pads, which was on top of his cleats. And it just looked like a pile of pads in the corner. And I had no idea that it was him. And I walk up beside me and he stands up like a transformer and scares me half to death because I, I had no idea. Like, like it just looked like a pile of football pads. Uh, another time he, he was in a toy basket where I thought there was a lot of toys and stuffed animals. And so I'm kind of feeling this basket and I'm feeling the stuffed animals. And then all of a sudden I, I feel like a, a human boy and it scares me. And I kind of, you know, Know, jump back and, and he, he loves it. He thinks it's hilarious when I struggle finding him. But, but here's the problem. Here's the only problem with this game is if there is even a hint of light, I can find him. I can see him. I can find where he is. And I'm, I know where I'm at in the, in the room or in the bathroom or in my, uh, in my other son's room. I, I, I can, I can find him. If there's even a hint of light, if he left a closet light on, if he left the bathroom light on across from his room, if his brother is getting ready and flips on the light and then, and then I, I can see him, I, I can find him very easily when the light is on. And so he gets really upset, right? If a light gets flipped on while he's hiding because he knows without that light, I'm going to struggle in the darkness. And my guess is, is that some of you are here this evening at a time like Christmas. And over the last couple of years, there's been, there's been some darkness. It's probably touched almost every last one of us in the room. If not your immediate family, someone very close to you. And maybe this Christmas is a little different because of it this year. Maybe this, this Christmas feels a little darker than, than, than previous Christmases because of the loss, because of the hurt, because of the pain, because of the struggle over the last couple of years. You see, this sweet hallmark baby Christmas, baby, sweet baby Jesus Christmas that we, we sing about and, and oftentimes talk about can sometimes leave us struggling. It can leave us kind of falling a little bit Short. It can sell us short if that's all we know of the Christmas story. That the lack of depth there, of, of knowing what all of the scripture has to say about this moment when God became flesh, when this baby, when baby Jesus was born. The, the, the lack of depth there to what the, all of the scripture has to say can sometimes sell us a little bit short and, and can leave us even feeling a little bit disillusioned, I think, if we're honest, because we sing songs about joy and peace and all is calm and all is bright. And I think some of us are left saying, all is not calm and all is not bright in my life. 
And so I don't even know how to sing those words because all is not calm. All is, is not bright. And just glossing over the darkness can sell us short over the hurt, the pain, the suffering that so many have experienced over the last couple of years. Let, let, let me give you kind of an example of what I'm talking about here. That, that song, Silent Night, all is calm, all is bright. My guess is that some of you, you hear that song and you're thinking, not me. It's not silent, it's chaotic, it's not calm, there's anxiety, it's not bright, it feels a little dark. And so maybe you don't wanna sing that song. Maybe, maybe you hear some of the Christmas carols we're, we're, we've already sang and we're going to sing and you're like, I'm just, I'm just not there, that, that, that's not me. It might be because you don't know where the song Silent Night actually came from and why it was written. Check this out. The song's lyrics were originally written in German just after the end of the Napoleonic Wars by a young Austrian priest named Joseph Moore. In the fall of 1816, Moore's congregation was reeling. 12 years of war had decimated the country's political and social infrastructure. Meanwhile, the previous year, one historians would later dub the year without a summer had been catastrophically cold. The eruption of Indonesia's Mount Tambora in 1815 had caused widespread climate change throughout Europe. Volcanic ash in the atmosphere caused almost continuous storms, even snow, in the midst of summer. Crops were failing and there was widespread famine. Moore's congregation was poverty stricken, hungry, and traumatized. And so one night, in the midst of all of this chaos, this hurt, this pain, this suffering, Moore wrote Silent Night. And you might be thinking, how? Why? Why would you write a song like that if that's what you and your people have been going through? Moore wrote that song to encourage his congregation that they could know a peace, that all is calm, and that they could know a light, all is bright, in spite of the darkness because of Christmas. Because Christmas is the advent of light. That word advent means coming. It's the coming of light in the darkness. My guess is, is for most of us, it's been a dark couple of years. Depression and anxiety have multiplied by insane record numbers in our country and around the world. Many of us have experienced loss, hurt, division, pain. Our teens are growing up in an age that it might be harder to grow up in than ever before with social media and group chats, continual access to darkness right at their fingertips at a device in their hands. But here's what I want you to know that regardless of the darkness you may or may not have experienced, those close to you may, not, may or may not have experienced that that darkness will not go on forever. It will not go on forever. There is a light shining in the darkness and Christmas is the advent of light in the darkness. Let, let, me, let me show you a little bit what I'm talking about. In Isaiah chapter nine, Isaiah prophesied that the Southern kingdom, Judah, would be defeated by the Assyrians and they would be taken into exile, that there was a time of darkness that was ahead for Israel and Judah. In Isaiah chapter nine, verses one through two, it says this, you can follow along in our app and our message notes or the verses will be on the screen. It says this, nevertheless, Isaiah prophesied, that time of darkness and despair will not go on forever. 
The land of Zebulon and Naphtali will be humbled, but there will be a time in the future when Galilee of the Gentiles, which lies along the road that runs between the Jordan and the sea, will be filled with glory. The people who walk in darkness will see a great light. For those who live in a land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Micah, a prophet that was a contemporary of Isaiah, said this about that same period, that same season of darkness that was to come. He said this about himself and about the nation of Israel. Do not gloat over me, my enemies, for though I have fallen, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. The Lord will bring me into the light and I will see his righteousness. Isaiah, Micah, were saying, we as a people are headed into darkness. We're, we're, we're experiencing darkness. We're, we're feeling darkness, but there's a day coming. They were looking forward to a day that would come when the light would break into the darkness, when the light would overcome the darkness, when the light would overthrow, would conquer the darkness. They were looking ahead 700 years later. Zechariah, John the Baptist's father, said this, because of God's tender mercy, the morning light from heaven is about to break upon us, to give light to those who sit in darkness and in the shadow of death and to guide us to the path of peace. So Zechariah, who was a priest, John the Baptist's father said this, 700 years after Isaiah, after Micah, who prophesied the light is coming, there's a light coming. Zechariah said this, the morning light, it's about to come. It's about to break upon us. We've been in darkness, but the light is coming. It's near, it's coming soon, Zechariah said. The light is near. John, not the Baptist, but the disciple said this in John chapter one. The word, this is the physical expression, the manifestation of God. The word gave life to everything that was created. So the, the word created all things. This, this physical expression, this physical manifestation of God, the Godhead. And we'll see who that is here in just a second. But the word, he said, gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. John himself was not the light, that's John the Baptist. He was simply a witness to tell about the light. The one who is the true light, who gives light to everyone, was coming into the world. So Zacharias said, it's coming soon, it's near. John, the disciple is saying, the word who became flesh, who was with God in the beginning, who was God, through whom all things were made, through whom all things exist. This, this word is going to be made flesh, He's going to live and dwell among us. And John said this one, the, the word, he's the true light who gives light to everyone and he is coming into the world. Later, Jesus is preaching in John chapter eight, verse 12. And he says this, I am the light of the world. I am the light of the world. If you follow me, watch this, you won't have to walk in darkness. It doesn't mean that there won't ever be darkness. It doesn't mean you won't ever experience darkness, hurt, pain, suffering, like Moore's congregation, famine, cold. They were reeling after 12 years of war. 
Isaiah said, even for the people of God, there's a time of darkness coming. Micah said, for the people of God, we're, we're in darkness right now, but there's a light that is coming. Jesus said, I'm the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness. In other words, you won't be overcome by the darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. And I am that light. And so though you sit in darkness, the darkness will not overcome you. You won't have to walk. You won't have to live in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. Jesus said about himself in John chapter one, verse 46, I have come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. So here's what I want you to see tonight. Christmas is the advent of light and the light is not a position. It's not a, a position like a promotion at work. That's not, that's not what's going to bring light into the darkness in, in, in your life. It's not a financial position. It's not a, a, a leadership position, a, a person in leadership in a place, a position like in our city, our state, or our country. There, there, there's no position that's going to bring us light into the darkness. It's not politics. There, there's no politician. There's no policy that is going to overcome or overthrow the darkness in our lives and in this world. It's not a power. It's not doing better and trying harder. I'm gonna do better and I'm gonna try harder to not live and walk in darkness, to not experience darkness. It's not a power. It's not doing your best or doing better or trying harder. It's not a present. There's no present that you can receive today or tomorrow, depending upon your family tradition. There is no present that you can receive that can overcome darkness. No, the light the scripture teaches us is a person. The light that overcomes the darkness, that overthrows darkness, that conquers darkness, the light is a person and that person is Jesus. Jesus said, I am the light. And so when you go back to these verses in Isaiah and Micah and in Luke and in, in John, we see that it's the light, it's Jesus who Isaiah says, those who sit in darkness, they will see a great light. They will see Jesus. For those who live in the land of deep darkness, a light will shine. Jesus will shine in and through and overcome the darkness. Micah said, the Lord will bring me into the light. The Lord is going to bring me to Jesus, who is my light. Zechariah said, the morning light from heaven's about to break upon us. He's talking about Jesus. This, this morning, Jesus, this morning light, this morning, G Jesus is about to break upon us to give us light. The light is going to give us light for those of us who are in darkness and guide us to the path of peace, John said, the one who is the true light, that's Jesus gives light to everyone. He was coming into the world. Jesus said, I am the light of the world. So Jesus, you gotta catch this. Jesus coming into the world, God becoming flesh and making his dwelling among us as a baby is actually the invasion of light, of darkness. It's the conquering of darkness. It's the overthrow of darkness. We see in the gospels kind of one picture of the nativity scene. 
But in Revelation chapter 12, we, we see this whole other picture, this whole other scene. It's like a spiritual behind the scenes look at the nativity scene at Christmas in, in the book of Revelation. And, and it's really interesting. It's pretty wild actually. Go, go read Revelation chapter 12. It's, it's a lot different than the picture that we get in Matthew and in, in Luke. It's a lot different. In Revelation chapter 12, the picture of Christmas we get is of a woman who represents Mary, but also Israel and the church on a larger scale, who gives birth to a son who's going to rule all the nations, but the devil in the form of this dragon is raging. He's angry and he's raging against the woman. He's raging against Israel. He's raging against the church. He wants to devour us and he wants to devour this baby, this son who's going to rule all the nations. He wants to devour the son of God, this baby. He wants to devour all those who follow him. But here's what it says in Revelation chapter 12, that the son, this baby, who's going to rule all the nations, this son and all those that follow him, it says in Revelation chapter 12, have overcome him. They have overcome him. Past tense. They have overcome him. How? By the blood of the lamb, by the blood of Jesus, who died in our place for our sin on that cross. That's how we've overcome him. By the blood of the lamb, the word of our testimony, that we have given our life to Jesus. It says of this dragon that he's gonna to try to accuse us. He's gonna to try to bring us down. He's gonna to try to destroy us. He's gonna to try to overcome us. But Revelation chapter 12 says that you and I as followers of this baby, of this child, we have overcome him. Past tense, we have overcome by the blood of the lamb, by the word of our testimony. Michael Bird. In his systematic theology, it's called evangelical theology. Here's what he said about this picture of Christmas in Revelation chapter 12. He said this, what is important here is that Jesus's birth and the blood he sheds constitute the victory of God over the evil one, over darkness. God's plan to repossess the world from the dominion of darkness is launched in the birth of a child who is destined to defeat the dragon that rages against the people of God. And then watch what he says here, I love this. He says, the powers of this present darkness shiver at the looming tsunami of the kingdom of God as it draws near, the kingdom of the sun, the kingdom of light. The powers of this present darkness shiver in fear. because of the tsunami that is coming of the kingdom of God, this kingdom of light. The Jesus Storybook Bible is a kid's Bible and I love the way it puts some things, it just moves me to tears sometimes, the way the Jesus Storybook Bible communicates the, the, the gospel. And here's what the Jesus Storybook Bible said about this idea, this same exact idea. It was just as God had promised to Adam and Eve all those years before. Jesus had come to do battle against the snake's work. That's the dragon. He would get rid of the sin and the darkness and the tears and he would suffer, but he would win. He would overcome the darkness. Jesus said, I'm the light. And the birth of that baby, the birth of the son of God was the invasion, the conquering, the overthrow of darkness. Listen, I know some of you have experienced darkness around you and inside of you over the last couple of years. 
And as the people of God, as followers of Jesus, it doesn't mean that we aren't going to experience darkness, that we're not gonna feel and sense darkness around us, that we're not gonna go through seasons of darkness. But I wanna tell you this evening, just like Isaiah said in Isaiah chapter nine, that darkness will not last forever because a light from heaven has broken upon us and that light is Jesus. That darkness will not last forever. You will overcome. You have overcome because of the birth of your savior, Jesus. Jesus said, I've come as a light to shine in this dark world so that all who put their trust in me will no longer remain in the dark. Paul said it like this in 2 Corinthians chapter four, for the same God who said, let there be light in the darkness has made this light shine in our hearts so that we could know the glory of God that is seen in the face of Jesus. And we now have this light shining in our hearts. Christmas is the advent of light in the darkness. So Merry Christmas. Would you pray with me? God, I pray that in this moment right now, the light of your son, Jesus, would break into this place, would break into every last heart in this room. We thank you that the light has come and, and, and the darkness can't overcome it. The light has overcome the darkness, it's overthrown, it's conquered the darkness. And so God, we thank you for the light of Jesus the light of life. And God, I pray that right now through the Holy Spirit's power, the light of Jesus would shine in our hearts. And that for those who are sitting in darkness right now, that maybe, just maybe right now, by the power of the Holy Spirit, that that door would crack open and that beam of light would shine through. And that maybe there would be a calm, there would be a light that begins to invade their hearts right now in Jesus' name. God, we thank you for the advent of light in the darkness. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Would you stand as we sing?